All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. I don't think I'm quite familiar with that phrase. I'll explain, and I'll use small words so that you'll be sure to understand, you warthog-faced buffoon. Go ahead. Make my day. I make this look good. You are now listening to the Nothing But Real Reviews and More podcast. Now here's something we hope you'll really like. Thank you for listening, everybody. This is another edition of Nothing But Real Reviews and More. I am your host, Mike Lucas, and joining me today is Shane Kronikin. How's it going? Steve Rushlaw. How you doing? And Aaron Kronikin. Hello. We have an excellent episode for you guys. We're going to get into movies coming out to DVDs and theaters this week, uh, as well as a completely fake made-up top five that I will just ramble on about how I hate Bruce Willis. <laughs> Why? You haven't seen Die Hard. Have you? Yeah, I reviewed it. Hmm. What I've about- also seen a lot of his movies. Name one. Hostage? Name two more. That was a good one. Hostage two? <laughs> that would be a good one. Um, name two more. Uh, Die Hard, Die Hard Two, Die Hard Three, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Die, that a, is a good, Die Hard Three. Yep. Die, a good Day movie. to Die Hard. <laughs> Star Die Hard. I don't know, man. Star Die Hard. What? Uh, he was in. You're trailing off. Risky Business. Did I hear a Niner in there? <laughs> risky Business. I remember that. Uh, yeah. And then we have a review of It Comes at Night. Yep. So, to kick things off, movie's coming out to uh, good old DVDs and theaters. Well, yeah, which one first? DVDs. All right. Quit chewing into the <laughs> mic. <laughs> DVDs. <laughs> uh, today's episode is sponsored by Fruit Snacks. Yes. Wait. Just general. Just general. general Fruit Snacks. <laughs> we don't have an official Fruit Snack sponsor, so if you'd like to be an official Fruit Snack sponsor of the show, hit us up at podcast at nothingbutreviews.com backslash Fruit Snacks. Hmm, that needs to be a thing now. Yes, it does. That's not an actual Might get web going. address, by the way. Get guys, going on. But, uh, yeah, anyway, what are the movies coming out to DVDs? So, we got, uh, looks like... Actually, does anyone watch DVDs anymore? Yes. Yes. Why Why, why wouldn't they? Blu-rays. Blu-rays, I see. Or just digital downloads. Right. Slash movies, come, movies coming to Blu-ray, let's just say that. Oh, by the way, I still have your Atomic Blonde. I noticed. From like two weeks ago. Yep. I mean, two two months more like hasn't been two months. Been two like weeks. Two weeks. Probably accurate. Well, so okay. the first movie coming out to Blu-ray we have is the horror movie Hereditary. Very wow. good movie. Yeah, are we in? We're in. We're like officially horror time of yeah, the year because like September, October, November. That's no, like the horror. No, time. let's please just limit it to one month. No, they get three. Uh, Why coming three? to theaters? The Nun. It started. Trust me. Oh God! I'm telling you, this is the. I don't make the month. They so started when they you meant like releases of horror movies. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like this is when they start coming. We're yeah, at that Aaron's, time. Aaron's saying like. <laughs> that's what he. That I, didn't what he that. I did hear Aaron him say is that. saying that he doesn't want to watch any outside of the month of. No, I, no. Listen though, Hereditary though, top five movie of the year. My point Easy. is. The year can be broken up into genre releases. Oh, yeah. Action time is over because they get, you know, June, July, August, and well, now no, it's horror time. No, June, July, August used to be like blockbuster time. Now it's just comic book movie time. Well, yeah. And then. That's what most What the hell are we talking about? Release schedule of yeah. theaters. Okay. Movies. Well, what are the movies coming out to DVDs? <laughs> 
We mm. have the movie with uh, what's her name, Shailene Woodley. Oh no, Shailene. Uh, yep, a there drift. you go. Is Shailene her twin sister? I don't know. A drift. That looks uh, so bad. Have oh, you seen we're on that? a boat and I we're wish, lost and let's. I wish you would romance. Stop I'm <laughs> on a boat and it's going yeah, fast. If they had that song on there, I would listen or watch that movie for that one song. Yes, just that, just that clip, and then yeah. stop. Oh. That movie looks so dumb. Yep. Well, she's horrible. She's one of the worst actresses working today. Singer ever. actresses. Duh. <laughs> As, aren't all of those little tweeny boppers singer actresses now? I don't think. I think she's like 25. Whatever. Yeah, she's way too old to to be that bad. Something else is coming <laughs> to Blu-ray and DVD. Um, yes. Transformers, the five movie collection, if anybody nice. cares. Oh, 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 oh. So if you wanted to pick up five terrible movies. There that's are like five of them? 15 yes. hours of Michael bay And I believe they're making a new one. Of course they are. That's coming out. No. Yeah. Look it up. Look uh, it up. No, I'm not uh, going you're to. You're talking about Bumblebee, aren't you? They were talking about Bumblebee. That Bumblebee character le- leaked out who the new Decepticon is or something. Mm. Well, I mean, the, but that's not Michael Bay, right? That's just a kind of a spin-off. I mean, it's thing. actually uh, the director. Uh, for some reason, I want to say he did something good. I will find out. And um, the last one coming to DVD and Blu-ray is uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor? Oh no! Uh, what he did was that that Kubo and the two strings. Uh, oh. It wasn't it, so. It was like he's an interesting like art type of director, and now he's doing Bumblebee. Ugh. He also did Paranorman. Yeah, he he's he does those sort of a claymation type. Yeah, of things. artistic movies, mm. and now he's doing an autistic movie. <laughs> Bumblebee. Anyway. Anyway, that's 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 all that's coming out. So yeah, just so hereditary. the one should be my neighbor is the Mister uh, Rogers mm-hmm. doc yeah. or biography. Who um, cares? I heard like this I've heard it's pretty year, good. So. <laughs> Whoa! Look at this guy. He's nice and wears sweaters. What a great movie! Seems legit. I'd like to wear sweaters too. But of all those, I'll probably uh, have to pick up Hereditary. I've heard good things. Yes, I will sir. see that one. Except. I'm pretty sure. Didn't your wife say something? Heather there's saw a, there's, it. there's uh, a lot of and, and wieners her, in yeah, it. Yeah, her review was a lot of wieners and butts. Not a lot of wieners. What about butts? Maybe it was butts. Not even really. I mean, there's some nudity, but it's not graphic in your face. A lot of yeah, but there's butts, huh? Not a lot, no. Hmm. But are there wieners? Are there? There wieners? are wieners. Yeah, and butts. More than Plural. one's a lot of wieners for a movie. Well, they're kind of not. You'll see. Just watch it. Okay, uh, so hereditary review, wieners and butts. Um, just to let you know, I was looking up the Bumblebee movie just now, mm-hmm. and John Cena's in it. Mm. Yes, uh, uh, maybe he's the new Decepticon. <laughs> <laughs> no, it says his agent Burns. Bumblebee just flat out fights John Cena. Oh my God! <laughs> How could he see him? <laughs> That'd be awesome. He's invisible. He's got Bumblebee radar. Mm. <laughs> And his music plays everywhere. I'm <laughs> sure he can echolocate. Mm-hmm. And John John Cena comes in, and what a dumb. Why are these a thing still? I guess they make a boatload of money in China, don't they? Yeah, I think so. Because nobody in the U.S. still watches them. I'm sure it's huge in Japan. And I think it's China, to be honest. <laughs> so coming to theaters, we have yes, thank you, the Nun. Oh man, the N O N E. Yes. Yep. The nun, as in the nun of anybody wants to see it. We have Peppermint, the revenge action thriller starring Mm -hmm. Jennifer Garner, starring, starring uh, 
peppermint schnapps because yep. they'll make you vomit every time you drink too much. Mm, sure. It's Revenge of the Peppermint Schnapps. Yep. Go ahead. S- then we have a movie called Mara or Mara. It's a horror movie yeah, with Olga, Olga Kirilenko. Kirilenko. You might recognize her as the Bond girl from one of the worst Bond movies ever. Is that Quantum Andre? Andre Kirilenko's sister? It's actually him now. He. Uh, oh, yep. Good for him. Yep. Pull the Caitlyn Jenner. Yep. Uh, and then a movie that looks really interesting called Cold Skin. Come on. So good looking. Uh, okay. Oh, I'm trapped in this Arctic weather station and mm-hmm. uh, monsters and stuff. No. Kind of. and stuff. Whatever you yeah, want Yeah, but call one them. of them's nice and the guy's like, hey, want to be friends? And then the other's like, no, kill them all. You hearing this, guys? No. And, that, and the to. one guy that's like, no, they they kill them all. He's Ray Stevenson. Oh, we know. I was actually looking from up the, the Punisher, the last night's budget for Transformers to see what it made. Yes. So the budget for the last night was uh, two hundred seventeen million. Wow. Oh, yeah. Opening weekend in the U.S. forty four million. Okay. In China. Opening or worldwide. Week- Non-U.S. opening weekend, $196 million. Yep, that's what's keeping those movies going. China and the Philippines, obviously. Huh. I'm assuming that's... I, that doesn't surprise me, though. Seeing, like, Gundam and, like, a lot of these giant robot TV shows, series, animated series, coming out of China and Japan. And or these, just Japan. Well, these Asian countries... <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah. You know I what mean, I mean? Like, th- It's not surprising. Right. It's so, basically like huh? kaijus, but they're robots. Yeah. So when we always say, oh, these movies are terrible, we can really just blame China. No. Because they're the reason these movies keep getting made. Maybe. Not yeah. Maybe. Or because just Mark yes. Wahlberg But America's responsible saying, hey, for I'll Star Wars. Uh, so yeah. who's worse? China. Yeah, who do we blame for Mark Wahlberg? Boston. Just the entire city. I hate Boston. Though. Stupid Boston. Don't hate Boston. All right, what, what else is on the list? <laughs> is there anything else coming no, out? That's, that's it. it. That was it. Oh, Jesus. All right, well, any of these movies you're interested in this week? Theaters? No. I will rewatch Hereditary when it comes out. Theaters? No, absolutely not. God. No. Uh, I will none? see. La- Friday, though, last Friday came. Operation. The Little Stranger came out. I will see that one. The Oscar Isaac, uh, yeah. Oscar Isaac apostrophe S movie yeah. came out. Isaac's Operation. Family. Yeah, I didn't want you to get confused again. I've heard Mike, good so things about that one too. And Ben Kingsley's always good. Yeah, and so is Oscar Isaac. Is what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the top top box office results from the weekend. Crazy rich Asians. Still, huh? Again, Number Jesus. one. Well, nothing well, came out that would yeah, have dethroned right, it. Yeah. I'm going to. I'm going to find a, a, another list real quick because I don't trust this one on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, stupid Rotten Tomatoes. What do they know? Why don't you trust it? Because it seems like the yeah. It seems like the exact same numbers. Prob- I mean, well, like nothing Shane came said, out. nothing came out. I suppose. So fill like a minute or two uh, with silence. With no, he said silence. Oh, sorry. No. <laughs> No, so it's oh, not fill, si- fill yeah. the silence. Oh, I, you said fill it with silence. I did. You're um, not wrong. All right. Good. We filled it. Yep. Crazy Rich Asians. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, Rotten okay. Tomatoes was right. No, it oh, is okay. It is off by about two mil. 
two movies. <laughs> no one cares about the number. Well, yeah, we got to be accurate here. Uh, uh, that's coming in first at 22.2 million. The Meg coming in second at 10.5. Uh, and then rounding out the top five is Mission Impossible, Operation Finale, and Searching. Is Searching that one with Cho? Yep. John Cho. He's also in Crazy Rich Somehow, Asians. somehow. I mean, it looked horrible, and it's got a 90-some percent. Like, high 90s percent. Are you serious? Yeah. I saw screenshots, and I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, it looks horrible. Isn't oh, it just my God. the guy's literally searching the web? It all takes place from his webcam or something? No. That's the perspective of it? Perhaps. He's searching. For, for his daughter. Yeah. It's like Taken, except cyber stuff. Did you mean Tooken? Yeah, I did. Also... I'm on this. I'm on boxofficemojo.com, looking at the weekend chart mm-hmm. for the weekend box office, and it says budget for some of these films, and it says thirty dollars was the budget for Crazy Rich Asians. Hmm. I'm assuming that's Millie's. Yeah, but don't assume. Yeah, but you know, check that out. All right, <laughs> uh, let's move on. It's thirty million. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, buddy. Uh, update confirmation: It was not thirty dollars. <laughs> I got you, Mike. Appreciate it. Got quick fingers. Uh, top five <laughs> worst um, Bruce Willis haircuts. Mm. Ooh! Oh, he had a bad one at the end of Twelve Monkeys. Do you remember when he had that long blonde wig and like yep. the weird fake mustache? I did. Yeah, in a Hawaiian shirt. Oh yeah, that was bad. That, that wasn't was real. No. <laughs> Oh, I thought we were talking like movie hair styles. I mean, it's just bald. Well, or he, balding. He had hair at one point. Remember, he had long hair and a big old great big one. bushy beard. <laughs> That's not Bruce Willis. <laughs> <laughs> what about in 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 what just happened? No, when he's got a, when he's got is. a great big bushy beard. Oh, what about the one from uh, what was it? Uh, it the singing one. Death becomes her. Oh yeah, yeah. That well, they didn't. They didn't sing. They didn't. No, no. Look at, look at, about look at this one. He's he's. Which one's that from? Rumor Willis. That's not. Rumor. <laughs> 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 she looks eerily like him in a really weird way, though. I don't see it. Why are there so many Photoshop pictures of Bruce Willis with hair on the internet? <laughs> That one's got a pink bow. Because it's like that. It's like that that, that little thing where you uh, use the magnet pen to put hair on the bald yep, guy. That's yep. Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh <laughs> man, this one he's got red lipstick and long blonde hair. Ah, mm. uh, when was the last time he had hair? Ninety one. Uh, last no. Boy Scout? When no. was he born? Because ninety five was Die Hard. With a vengeance, he had hair. He did not. I mean, it was kind of It was of recently. There. Oh, mean, yeah, 95 it did. Never mind. Yeah, it was, it's was. it been recent that he's... Well, fairly recent, like mid-2000s, early 2000s. Oh, sorry. Fifth element. Yeah. 97. That was 97. <laughs> I'm having so much fun with this right now. That's Howie Mandel. <laughs> 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 it just keeps getting shorter and shorter. Uh, he, he had hair on the sides. Oh. He had a bald top hair on the sides in... in in that movie. Oh, my God. The Kid. No. Unbreakable. No. Bandits. No, the recent one. Hearts War. <laughs> the recent one. None of us know any recent Bruce Willis You movie. know that Ryan Johnson did. Glass. That made him be Looper. 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 Alpha Dog. Not Looper. a good movie. 
Anyway, uh, it, I mean, it, it's not a great movie. You're Which one, Looper? Dumb. Looper. Hmm. And you're dumb. It's not a great movie. Well, it is. You're wrong. It's not. Okay. <laughs> well, bad take. Uh, do we want to move on right into? Yeah, uh, let's do this. Yeah. Guns up, let's do this. All right, it comes at. He's doing it. Jenkins. He did it. <laughs> at least I got chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it comes at night. 2017 films rated R, hour and a half long horror mystery. Secure. Mm. I'm sorry. Mm. He said eh. horror. See, I think that's why people didn't much like it because they tried to really market it as this horror movie no, when it's really just a psychological thriller. I don't know if you can really put it as a horror movie, but it's like the horrors of what the humans are capable yes. of. Yes, you paint it with a broad stroke, yeah, okay, it falls under horror, but no, it's not. I'll give you a broad stroke. Secure with a de- <laughs> within a desolate <laughs> home as an unnatural threat terrorizes the world, a man has established a tenuous domestic order with his wife and son. Then a desperate young family arrives seeking refuge. Written and directed by Trey Edward Schultz, who's also known for doing what, gang? Kresha. That's it. I don't know. Kresha. What is Kresha? It's a a little indie drama that... Ah, you shouldn't have said that. Yeah, I mean, but people loved it. No, they didn't. Known for nothing. Actually, it looks like it it got a a Sundance award. You know, good for them. Oh, so they got a couple of awards. Three people that saw it liked it. Anyway, starring Joel Edgerton, Christopher Abbott, Carmen Ejigo. Mm-hmm. Look at me doing things. Joel Edgerton. It's his show. Uh, the, the film On Rotten Tomatoes gets 88% certified fresh, giving it a 7.4 from the critics. And audience gave it a score of 5.6 out of 10, with a score of 44%. The critics' hey. consensus. It comes at night makes lethally effective use of its bare-bones trappings while proving once again that what's left unseen can be just as horrifying as anything on the screen. Some of the positive reviews also say, uh, this one's from New York Magazine, Edgerton gives another masterly minimalist performance and Ejogo and Harrison are Preternaturally alert. Hmm. <laughs> you got through that be- better than you should have. <laughs> I yeah, I agree. Props to you. Still not good. We're working on this reading <laughs> thing, but <laughs> did you notice that he made the word another and another? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. I liked it though. I'm gonna start using that. Yeah. Um, Can I please have another? Another <laughs> and other review. Uh, it's not a sexy apocalypse with a disease that transforms everyone into really cool zombies. It's just death. Hmm. And it's not an easily managed doomsday preppers scenario solved by bulk foods from Jim Backer infomercials. It's just doom. What the hell is that even trying to get at? It means it's not like this glorified version of the apocalypse that you see in stuff like The Walking Dead or stuff like that, where Uh. you can just, if you're prepared, you're fine. You're just boned. Everyone's just boned. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some of their negative reviews on Rotten Tomatoes says, On paper, this sounds like a fresh exploration of the thriller genre, but it comes at night 
wears its tragedy far too proudly. Well, I mean, yeah, but that's a good thing. All right. Well, what are your guys' first thoughts, my my critics, my reviewers on this Steve, show? Steve, you picked it. Go. Yeah. So I kind of knew going into this movie that it wasn't going to be the horror movie that it kind of picks out to be, but I, I enjoyed this movie. I thought it it was pretty good. I thought the music was good enough to build some tension throughout the movie, so it actually made you, I guess, worried about what was going to go on in the next scene. Um, I actually thought it was a good movie. Um, I, w- I will say that I did want more out of it. I don't know what that could be, but it just kind of left me wanting more. Yeah, it's I. It's a small-scale version of an apocalypse movie. Uh, closer to, I don't know if anybody saw Z for Zachariah, Closer to that type of apocalypse movie where it just shows basically the effects of, in this movie's case, what, five people, six people? Um, but it is it is horror in the way that it's tense and it's like real-life horror. But it's not... It's not fast-paced horror. It, it's a very slow-burning, just full of doom. I mean, it's the end of the world, and they're trying their best, but it seems like it's just they're trudging along till, till the inevitable happens and everyone dies. Well, it's shot fantastically, where almost every scene's just lit by one central light source, so it's all shadows and nothing is shown other than these. The characters. lighting is is well done. It, seems natural and it, it None works of the because the, were... the focus is on these characters trying to get through it and what they're dealing with and not about the outside forces and the sickness and the yada it's just these people trying to survive and it works because of joel edgerton to be honest i mean he plays it perfectly as a former history teacher in way over his head just trying to maintain some sort of order in this chaos and a lot of times he comes off kind of like the bad guy in the situation but he's the one trying to hold everything together and i i think joel edgerton's performance and the way it was shot really is what made this movie he is he's very good in everything i mean we we had this discussion off set I guess we've talked not about on it. the show. We've right. talked about yeah, it during Black one. Mass. Uh, I mean, he's all of his movies don't necessarily live up to his performance. Uh, like Black Mass, for instance, he was he was fantastic in that movie. The movie was underwhelming for the most part. Uh, this one fares a little bit better, but I still would categorize it in that in that way that that his performance is better than the movie as a whole. I actually really... I I saw this in theaters and liked it when I saw it, and I liked it more seeing it again. I think... I think it's just something different. It's not the cliche survival end-of-the-world type of thing. It gives you... it, It really is just a snapshot of these three people. Then you add in three other seemingly good people... But their fear and paranoia just tears them apart, and it, I think it's really well done. I I liked it a lot, and and the fact that they leave a lot of questions unanswered, and they don't just spoon feed you exactly what's happening. I mean, 
you still don't have all the answers even after seeing the movie. Like, who? God bless it. No one. Mike's still looking up Bruce Willis' hair. He's got, like, emo over the eyebrow bang, over the eye like, bangs. Like Bruce Willis in Spider-Man 3? Yes. 2? Yeah. 3? Which yeah, one was exactly it? Good. But anyway, so, like, the... The fact that we really don't know what happened or who opened the red door or who was sick first or who started the cascade of problems. And I I just, I liked it because it's that constant tension. that gets... I can see though why the audience gave such a low score. And I think one of the biggest reasons is some of those unanswered questions. I don't necessarily need in, in, this is me speaking for the audience, but it's not necessary to answer every question in full detail with exposition. But some of those questions are big questions that I'm sure they wanted answers Right, for. but think of it this way, though. Not knowing puts you in that same mindset that those people are into where that fear and paranoia and who's at fault, and that's what really plants that Yeah, absolutely, for- but that could also be looked at as the open door was just a plot device to make them feel that way, to make those events yeah, happen. Yeah, something and obviously no... happened. Yes, yeah, something. That I mean, that could be said for any plot device. Well, something did it. We no, don't but need this to isn't worry. Like, a, oh, this just happened. This is a logical A to B to C plot progression. And do you? I, I don't know. The doors open. They're like, do what's... you honestly need to know who opens the door to think it's a better movie or not? I. I'm. I am not disagreeing with you. I, I'm speaking. I, I understand. From the perspective I was just kind of the audience. I think it could be perceived as they wanted this this ending, this last twenty thirty minutes, however long, of all of these people distrusting each other. How do you do that? An open door that nobody yeah. claims. No explanation. Nobody claims it. Everybody's blaming the other. One person's responsible. I feel like they wanted this this feeling. Of, of distrust and paranoia and there had to be an event that triggered that and, and it was an, an yeah, unexplained uh, open I door and that, it, that can be perceived I as I think explaining very it takes away from that. Though. It does, but that's also like a cop-out. Well, No, because then it leaves you with trying to answer the questions. Was it the little kid who was sleepwalking? Was it the bigger kid, Joel Egerton's son, that obviously has issues with sleep was it something trying to get in from the outside and the dog that's what happened to the dog he fought it i mean no i i get it and i'm i agree i i think it's fine i don't the answer as steve said it it doesn't matter i understand what you're trying to say as an audience but i think it goes back to what we've talked about multiple times on this show is audiences want to be spoon-fed nowadays they want something that's easy to understand and goes quickly from progression to A to B to C, whereas this it it makes you think about who did it, who was the sick one. I mean, the, the kid gets sick first, so you kind of it kind of points to that, but you still don't know in the end of the movie. And and the the other question is is did that truly trigger it? They could have gotten sick at, yeah. at any other yeah. point. I mean, did the well, open it, door? He could have been sick the entire time from the grandpa. The the right. the, the open door possibly son. had no effect yeah, on on exactly. any of the events happening. So, I mean, yes, it does. I enjoy. It. My point is that 
audiences obviously are very split on this movie. It was what a well, 40 50%. And the, the fact that the movie is titled It Comes at Night and the fact that yes. there's supposedly this something out there and we're never that's a little misleading. Yes, and but I don't think that was necessary either. I don't think this needed to go into I that schlocky the, monster territory. The the it that comes at night I is the fear and paranoia. Yeah, it's, it's and the, the thoughts that that creep up into your head when the lights are out and and well, and that's why we keep getting these reoccurring nightmares of which are great sequences. Oh yeah, uh, but that's I mean playing devil's advocate, it could be another one of those. They're they are frightening sequences they they are great they they add to the reason why this the kid that's having these nightmares is so freaked out at the same point they could be viewed as they just wanted to put something scary in there so oh it was all a dream just kidding that didn't happen well but that's the psychological i I know i'm just playing devil's advocate and pointing out how it could be perceived the kid just had to watch his grandpa get shot and burned because of this disease and now he's got that in his mind that it's it's that close it could happen to him and all i mean everything in the fact that joel egerton like i said a lot of times he has to kind of be the bad guy and i think the biggest problem i had with the movie is i have a hard time feeling sympathy for I don't, it was. It's the same problem I had with Sicario, where it's like this this person because we're we're seeing it or, kind of from the viewpoint of this kid who is so innocent and wants to be nice and do the right thing, and this dad is just he has to do bad things to or, protect or the sunshine. Family. Logic it, logic oh, makes yeah. you the bad guy. Chris Evans in Sunshine, or like as you said, Sicario, where it's things have to be done. I mean, I understand yeah, situations feelings, call for but, bad action. Right. I I I agree, and and it's it was kind of hard to relate to some of those feelings of the people like oh we have to help them or we have to do no, and Joel Edgerton played it fantastically that's why I love him because while he was nice to these strangers that show up to their house you could always feel that little thread of mistrust and when he's sitting down having a drink and you oh can, yeah and but and he has to keep reminding his family like these aren't our friends these are uh, it's a potential danger to our family. I thought the scene where him, him and the other guy take a drink yeah. at the in the office is one of the best scenes in this movie because Joel Edgerton's sitting there talking to him, and then he's like, I thought you ha- said you had a brother. And you can kind of see it in his face. Yeah. It is kind of like the mistrust is and coming that back. that scene's so good because the answer that Will, the other guy, gives is perfectly logical and reasonable he says oh well actually yeah it's it's my wife's brother i just considered him a brother i mean that's reasonable but then it adds to that mistrust that this the whole movie is trying to build and that's when it all falls apart it really makes it seem like a logical progression rather than some movies it's just like oh bad things are happening people make decisions for no reason and and the other thing uh to to go off of that is that i think that's one of the reasons why this is it tears the audience, it splits them in half, is that this is a movie that's about the details. You have to pay attention. It rewards you for for your attention because it's the little things, it's the unspoken things, it's the one sentence that says one thing, but the, the underlying meaning is something else, uh, or 
it's like you said where he tells about his brother and that could be it could be just that simple but it's never that simple yeah we we never know whether anything that will says so will and his wife and kids show up to this house and that's when things start but we never know whether anything he says is a lie or not and that's why i say it works so well is because you constantly have your second guessing everything he says and with Joel Egerton's character being so on his toes and not even wanting to believe anything he says, you're thrown into that same situation. And then we get to the part that I can't. Okay. So we're going to get into big time spoilers here. This is when things start to go terribly wrong with these people. But so the red door gets open. The red door is the only door to the outside world. And then, they don't know if somebody got in or if somebody was out or somebody's sick. So they basically quarantine each family in their own rooms. And then they find out that potentially will this new family that showed up, the son is sick. So then everybody's going crazy and will pulls a gun on Joel Edgerton, Edgerton's character. What is his name? By the way, Edgerton's character, uh, his name Paul. is Paul. Yeah. So anyways, they hold the gun on Paul and then Paul's wife comes out with a shotgun. And instead of, I mean, I know everybody's not gung-ho action movie, pull the trigger, but she handled that situation terribly. Like, instead of shooting this guy that has a gun on her husband, they just decide, oh, we'll just count to three and we'll trust each other. And then Paul has to wrestle the gun away. Then when Will gets the upper hand, it's like smashing Paul's face in with a rock. She takes forever. She to stands there with a shotgun saying, don't stop it. Stop. I'm like, oh, my yeah, God, there, there, pull the trigger. There were moments at the end that kind of were. I, I, but that's the point of it. it. Would she in real life? Would she be that way? Probably. I can't understand that sentiment. I'm more like, like Paul gets up, pulls the trigger. That's what's necessary. In, especially in a world like this where you're trying to keep your family alive, you it, it could it also be silly to me. The two different characters. I mean, throughout the movie, he's been able to show what's, oh, what's necessary for his family to live, where his wife has kind of questioned him. When you you can't throughout see even, the even he struggles with what he had to do, yeah. but he had to do it. That's the bottom line, and that's why I kind of struggle with that. Sympathy for oh, it's not the right thing to do, yada yada. I, yeah. But there are people that would be like that. Like I know that, that's people would struggle to go to the places that would be necessary to go to to survive in situations like that. And and when you're in the moment, and like her, you see the possibility of like let's just we can walk away and everybody be fine. Maybe that's the resolution. Maybe you have but faith. But she that even that's said right. herself ten minutes ago, we can't let them go. I, what, they I know. know where we live. They know we have food. They know we have water. If they if we let them go and they run out, they're gonna come back. I mean, bottom I line. It. But when you're faced with having a situation to of having trigger, to kill a it. human being, can you and and. And we've already shown that they did have good times together very recently, but... Well, and, yeah, and, and that's the thing is you can say that, I mean, I'll pull the trigger, yes, that's logical, but when you're in the situation, who knows? Do I think I could? Yeah, probably. 
And are actually, there... the, the, uh, Paul, Joel Egerton's son, was annoyingly fragile emotionally. Oh, yeah. Well, yes. But it, was... I guess it was necessary to give that side of the story. He, he was. He was not a... He was older than I felt like he, he acted. Like he, he was seventeen, old enough to re- to to not be acting like a child. Well, and when like the mom, a fragile so they child. Had to, her, the grandpa was very, very clearly sick and dying, and they to prevent them from getting it. Paul shot him and burned him, and the mom's like, "Oh, he didn't need to see that." And yada. I'm like, "Come on, he's older. He he better learn the ways yeah. of what it's going to take." I I feel like that character would have been more effective if he was not. Almost an adult himself. If he was a child that was acting in that manner, I, I, it's more understandable. This is a seventeen-year-old kid who's not new to this world. Yeah, this apocalypse isn't something that just happened overnight. But then again, in the movie, they play it off as he was new to this apocalypse, whereas he didn't know. It kind of felt like he didn't know what it was going on. Yeah, I don't. And I, I don't know. And it kind of like he, yeah, he was seventeen in the movie. But I mean, you could have put him at like 10 in this movie and it would have been the same thing because that's well, I how think they it, treated I, it. I think it would have been more effective though because it would have been more understandable for a, a child to act that way. Yeah. To be constantly naive and to just accept, oh, these are nice people. Let's trust them. Yada, yada, yada. I, I, it was hard to buy it from unless he, like I said, unless he's just this completely sheltered kid that's just naive beyond anything I can accept. But yeah, his, it, it his had character to be that, was so frustrating. He had to be that middle ground for the audience, though, I suppose. It, it, I, yeah, the character was necessary. We needed a, like an emotional grounding or something to some connection to the normal world. I, I, I guess if you want to call it, which he was. But again, I, I just it was. A, I had a hard time buying that that a seventeen year old man basically. Is acting like a like a child, like a scared child. I I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but that just his character frustrated me every every time. And he wasn't a very good actor, to be honest. There were some scenes that weren't very good. Uh, I don't. This might have been his first movie or something. He I don't know. he was the definite definite weak spot in this movie. Oh, absolutely. Because even Will was good. His wife was good. Paul's wife, I mean. Uh, the, I, I, and, and then. I, I mean, I guess, like I said, it's all Edgerton, but yeah, whatever. So, anyways, then we get to the end. Paul has to make the decision to pull the trigger, and his wife shoots Will as he's smashing his face and kills him, and Paul gets up and shoots the child, the sick child, I don't think intentionally, but... I think he was aiming for the mom and ended up shooting well, the Well, I mean, first. I, it... In my mind, it didn't matter. Paul no. was going to kill yeah. them both regardless. Yep. So I think, but that, and then you could see, man, that that's where Edgerton shined is that the, just the small little thing after he did that, after he pulled the trigger and killed a, a mom and her son and the look on his face. And then it's just, it ends with the son is sick. Paul's son is sick. And then the ending shot is just Paul and his wife sitting at a table alone. So I assume and it, you he could, had to kill his own son. In order to protect, and, and what it wife. seemed like she was sick too, the mom. Yeah, and because that's, she had. Stuff I assume on her both arms. of them yeah. were goners. It, it was it was very clearly just a matter of time. The ending yeah. was just a matter of time. There was there was zero possibility of a happy ending. That's what adds to that psychological horror. Is 
no matter how you think you're protecting your family, it's the inevitability of it all. That's what adds to that kind of that. And that's why I think a second viewing, knowing that this family is just doomed adds to that feeling. And very, that's, that's part of the horror too, is more than, more than a monster, more than some creature or zombies or whatever the case may be. The monster or the terror is, is an infection. You're you are so helpless. That's kind of like the thing where that. you can't see it. You you can't really prevent it. You don't know what the threat is. Yeah, that would be more terrifying than than any type of apocalypse. You you can't do anything. You can do you can do what you can, everything you can for as long as you can. But it almost seems like such an inevitability that would that would be such a dooming thought process of like I guess we just last until we can't. And that's that's what they did. One of the oh, scenes, um, when Paul's getting his face smashed in with the rock, they kind of show a scene like looking down at him, and his face just looks like covered in blood, and you can't really see. And then he just like once he gets shot, he like pops up and is like, I guess the transition between that scene and that scene just looked different. Oh yeah, like I yeah. thought I thought. Paul was like done for. I was like his and he face. He had a little bloody scratch on his head when he gets. Yeah, he, he had like one on his eye and then like one on his the other side. It didn't like the damage when he was on the ground didn't look the same when he was standing up after after shooting. It just kind of the transition from one to the other was weird for me. Well, maybe he just wiped off the blood, or just like did like head, head injuries are known to look worse than they actually are. That's true. Or maybe he should have been dead, and that was just silly. I don't know. Or maybe the wife should have just shot Will. True. Immediately. Hey, yeah, public service announcements to anyone out there. Just shoot him. Yeah, when he didn't see her in the first place. Just all the time, shoot anyone that might possess pre- present a threat. Mm-hmm. I yeah. shot the <laughs> Okay. But she could have sang that to herself like to make herself feel better. Is there anything else that you guys want to talk about? Uh, just mm-hmm. on the same, real quick. I think this is because we were talking about the inevitability and that's where some of the horror comes from. I think that's a better, this movie is a better way of doing that than you get your typical, that's what builds that fear with Jason and Mike Myers and Freddie is that no matter what you do, it's inevitable. He can't be stopped and yada yada. I think this is just a better way of doing it. Well, and let's, let's also point out that that these themes and that feeling of over of being overwhelmed by something you can't stop that is that's the initial themes and feel and idea behind zombies yeah where it's just it's not that they're fast it's not that they're terribly scary it's that there's so many and it's but now zombie movies have turned right. into just complete and that's what i mean this is accomplished without actually showing any right threat but this like Zombie, you go back and look at the the old classic Night of the Living Dead, fantastic zombie movies. They were not really a physical threat. They weren't fast. They weren't. They were just there. But it was the sheer number and the sheer just inevitability of your death that that like this is the world you live in, and and it's just a matter of time. And that was this movie. This, this took those themes, that feeling, minus those creatures, which almost makes it scary because it's just this instead of a physical monster that you can see it's just a disease it's yeah. just there it's 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 this presence really and i think that makes it even more effective one of 
I, we hit on it earlier, and it was one that I wanted to say something about earlier. But we talked about the lighting. Um, some of the outside scenes when they're at night were, I mean, all he had was a flashlight. Oh, fantastic! Or the a, light attached lantern. to his yeah, his shotgun or rifle, whatever it was. It it didn't seem too dark. It didn't seem too bright when they were outside. I and, thought the lighting in this was just perfect. Uh, yeah, I agree because there are uh, many movies that, that it drives me nuts. They're just out in the woods at night. And there's just a light coming from yeah. somewhere that illuminates from somewhere over there, but like it's still dark. The lighting, the, the lighting in this movie was uh, like almost every instance of lighting. You could see the source of the light on the screen, and it made sense the way the shadows were playing off of the walls and their faces. And it wasn't like the like you're saying where there's this unknown source of extreme light. I mean, that's why I liked this the way they handled it. Because <laughs> that, again, oh, really? adds to it. Because you. you have... I mean, bless you. Yeah, bless you. Stupid. <laughs> also, don't. But anyways, yeah. Shadows, the unknown, what you can't see. That's why I love this movie more than what I think a lot of people did. And uh, if you haven't seen it, see it. See it knowing this. It, it, I, I think... Aside from what I've already mentioned as possible reasons why people didn't enjoy this, I think one of the major things is is the marketing. The title, the trailer made it seem like this was some sort of creature or monster mm-hmm. movie where there was some threat outside. It's not a horror movie. It's a psychological horror yeah, movie. Yeah, it, it, it is. I think it's, you guys... It's not, it's not a physical manifestation of horror. It's not a creature. It's not a zombie. It's not... I think you guys hit it earlier that... What comes at night is the fear and anxiety of yeah. people breaking in or the disease getting into your. It's body. your own head. Yeah. I mean, well, it's all the, all the different fears of like the Paul's son. His fear keeps manifesting itself in nightmares that he's going to be next, and Paul's fear is that he it, it's out of his control and he can't protect his family, and that this new family is going to be the downfall, which she ends up being right. I mean, it's just. It's things like that that build and build and build. Yeah, it's it's like who who hasn't sat up at night and you just have whatever pressures of 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 whatever your situation is, pressures of the job, pressures of your life, fears of this or whatever. You, and and at night when you're just sitting there and nothing's happening, it's dark. That's when stuff starts to creep, and and especially a situation like this. I mean, your family's lives are at stake, and and. You feel helpless about it. That's that's the horror is is the helplessness and just the plain doom. It yeah. kind of reminded me of watching this was kind of the same feeling of the ritual. The ritual obviously had more of a physical manifestation of the horror, but at the end of it, but at least that beginning part where it's all nightmares and and shadows and can't see what's doing and all that you have that same type of feeling or even the road where it was just this oh that's yeah that's not even horror but that's no no but i mean that complete hopelessness yeah that feeling of just just you're you're a journey to nowhere it's it's just you're 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 walking into inevitable you gotta keep doing something until you're dead (laughs) that's it so anyways i think I don't know where we are for time, but I think we're ready to read. I right? would say so. All right, I'll go first. Mike, right. Black. 
Oh, good guess, because the nighttime. Uh, or That's red, because the door. Or Ooh. black with a smidge of red, or red that you go through and then it's black. We'll just go with black. Fine, whatever. BLK, black. <laughs> because you're black. Remember? Remember? No. The weapon, too? Nope. No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Brent remembers. Aaron, Aaron <laughs> do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll start it off. I, I mean, second, obviously, I went first. Right. True. I like this movie a lot more than I think a lot of people did. I think I just think Edgerton's performance and the subtleties and just the the details in the writing are like the little things that Shane mentioned. They just the inconsistencies in the dialogue that throw in more of that mistrust. Like, for instance, we didn't even bring Will says that he was a mechanic. And then his story is that his truck broke down. And that's why they're in this. It's like little things. There's like, well, if you're a mechanic couldn't you take care of that you know things like that at the same time like it's not exactly you can't quite go to freaking napa right. and buy parts but i mean it's just the little thing so I, I give this the lighting the directing i liked everything about this except some of the characterization but that's i think my own shortcomings because i can't sympathize with it but i give it an eight i liked this movie a lot but i think it's because i had more of an idea of what it was heading into it p.s we're not sponsored by napa either Thank you. <laughs> uh however if napa would like to sponsor us uh even if it was like a joint sponsor with which with wh- whomstever fruit, uh, snacks? fruit snacks decides yeah. to sponsor us that could be a thing as yeah. well po- uh, email us at podcast at nothing but real com backslash fruit snacks Backs- still that's a, that's our only right. sponsor page it's just backslash fruit snacks yeah Dot sponsors. <laughs> Good. Uh, uh, Shane, do you want to go next? Sure. Have Steve uh, round it out. I texted a score, and I think I talked myself out of it. Um, like I didn't know that I was going to make it today, so I texted the score, and I think I'm 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 higher than I thought I was. Blaze up four twenty. <laughs> <laughs> so like totally, it's like a seven. Jason, not much higher. Not much higher, but I talked it into at least being average. <laughs> I think I might have given this like an eight and a half or nine if either Paul's son was younger to make it logical or acted more adult and if the wife would have just acted more logically and pulled the trigger quicker and if it wasn't a musical right and there were no boobies yep Steve you want to go I enjoyed this movie I like I said I kind of knew what was going to happen well not happened um, I knew it wasn't going to be more of the horror movie. I enjoyed it. Um, we talked about this in our uh, group chat. Uh, Joel Egerton is easily so good, top five actor right now. He's just phenomenal. And, and he's a triple threat like my boy James Harden. Mm, what does that mean? Neither he write he writes, acts, and directs just so like wait, James Harden. No, tell me how James Harden's a triple threat. He though. can pass, he can score, and he can dunk. What's the third one, Mike? Pass Defense. Or he de- <laughs> he's not a triple threat. Well, but he can dunk. Pass, <laughs> shoot, drive. And pass, shoot, drive. There you go. Thank and you. he can pass. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, when he drives, he dunks, Mike. Shoot. No, he doesn't. Whatever. I've seen it, like, maybe once. <laughs> oh, wait, no. It's He can he can pass, shoot, and turn it over. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I'll agree. And with not play any defense. Sorry. And win MVP. Shut up. Anyways, <laughs> Joel Egerton triple threat like James Harden. <laughs> so pretty much, I would have given it a, a higher score with what Aaron said, but I'm going with a seven seven five. 
775. Word. So that brings the final score to approximately <laughs> 7.59. Seven what? Repeating, of course. 7.59. 7.59. So, let's oh my play. God. <laughs> uh, uh, repeating, of course. Joel Egerton or Tom Hardy. Oh, that's Ooh. Tom Hardy. Yeah, they were in Warriors. Together. Joel Egerton's got more range. I'm Tom going Hardy. with him. Yeah, Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy's getting on my nerves. Tom Hardy. He's being just a lot of Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. I'm going Joel Egerton. Tom. Uh, Egerton. Hardy. Egerton or Batman. Or Batman. <laughs> Which Batman? <laughs> All of them. Michael Keaton. Uh, no. Or or Jakey G. Oh, Jill Hall. Mm, whatever. Anyways, yeah, you're right though. <laughs> Uh, you got another one because I'm 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 liking this game. I was thinking about that when you said um, how Edgerton kind of his performances are better than the movies mm-hmm. he's in, and I initially went to Jake Jakey G because that's kind of what his movies are. His mm-hmm. performances are amazing, and the movies are just kind of eh. Edgerton yeah. or Hugh Jackman. Edgerton, yeah, Edgerton. has more. Ra- well, has shown more range. I yeah. think Hugh Jackman has the absolutely has the ability. He just Aaron would hasn't. pick just that scene in the fountain where. Uh, yeah, if Jackman didn't waste the twenty years his. of his life uh, being Wolverine, uh, with different. the exception of Logan, which displayed his acting brilliantly. Edgerton or Benedict Cumberbatch. Edgerton, Edgerton easy. Cumberbatch is a one-note actor. Dude can't even say penguin. Dude can't even <laughs> say penguins. <laughs> penguins. Penguins. Uh, I had one. Leo. Oh, Egerton. Better. Easily. 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 I think Leo's Let's filmography see. is a hundred billion of times better. Of course it is. But, but who's a better actor? <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Egerton. Oh, here it is. Oh, Egerton or Casey wait. Affleck? Oh, Oh, I got actually. Can I piggyback off that? Well, no, we got to decide first. Affleck. We're not just going to skip. Well, it. I just, I just want to give I'll you like say, a third I'll option. Say Edgerton. I'll Don't, say Affleck. Oh, actually. you guys are, are going to regret say it. it. All right, who's your third option? All right, or Casey's General Pizza. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm going pizza. Wait, though, could you? I just thought of this. Good. Could you imagine? Take the Revenant. Take Leo out. Put Jill Egerton. Ooh. Uh, take all Leo movies. Take Leo out. Don't. End it there. They're better. Inception's a great movie. <laughs> no, it's not. It's and a, he was not easy, good in good it. Movie. Seven out of ten. It's average. Mike's it's average. average. Oh, I forgot. Yes. What was underneath average, Mike? Average minors. No, it's average major. Sorry, right? Oh, was it, it was a decent minor. Decent major. Yeah, decent is like God. four. <laughs> decent minor, decent major. All right, so the point above. is, Egerton is very, very, very good. Uh, let's play a quick game with this or that. And Leo isn't. With the movie. This or Edge of Tomorrow? Ooh, Edge of Tomorrow is more fun. Yes. I'd say Edge of Tomorrow. This or Children of Men? Children of Men. That's, that's one of my all-time that's a favorites. Tough one. Yeah. I know what your favorite I, I, favorites. I still say Children of Men. Yeah. That Children of Men is really good. Children of Men is extremely underrated. Because, because of John! What do you, uh, what do you give it, a meh? Gave it a five, <laughs> so he did. That's a oh, mess. And five. Aaron and I both gave it a nine that's and eight point seven five. That's legit. Yeah. Even after, if, if I took forever and looked through every movie, that's probably top five of all time for me. That's a good movie. This or let's see, The Revenant. Ooh. This only because I think The Revenant's better. 
but it's like four hours long. Uh, that's a tough one. I'd say this, but I I'd say the same reason because of Aaron because the Revenant's so long. Yeah, this Leo sucks. <laughs> Hardy was he did not deserve anything for Hardy was much all he better. did was just grunt around and get his ass whipped by a bear. <laughs> what gave, a wimp! Should have gave that Oscar to the bear. Yeah, this is true grit. Ooh, true grit. Yeah, yeah, that's fun and good. All right. Yeah, but Matt Damon is in that bad movie. at everything. Is at his worst, which is also his best because he just does that in every movie. It can't be. Uh, maybe it's not his worst. I haven't seen that Great Wall movie. Ah, uh, come on, that <laughs> looks good. That might no. be his only good movie ever made. Fight Don't it. worry, Asians. White guys here to save yeah, you all. We'll kill these lizard <laughs> things attacking the Great Wall. Oh, what a premise. Uh, all right, that's that's our show. Matt Seven Damon's point. best role, sorry to interrupt, might be in oh Thor Ragnarok when he when he plays Loki. He was pretty good in that. Yep. Wait, what? Go ahead. 7.59 before it comes at night. Go to go online to our, our website, nothingbutrealreviews.com. You can request a movie right on our homepage. You can also send us an email, podcastnothingbutrealreviews.com. And if you want to be a sponsor on this show, the official Fruit Snack sponsor is Fruit Snacks. Uh, <laughs> if you would like to change that, you can go to podcast. Mike, give, me, give the audience At, your address in case they want to send us fruit snacks. I live... <laughs> P.O. Box. Give them a P.O. Box. Uh, <laughs> a fruit snacks uh, P.O. Box. My parents' basement, Omaha, mm-hmm. Nebraska. Mm-hmm. That's figure, it. Figure That's it. it. Yeah, figure, figure it out. out. That's it. Uh, no, seriously. Our website, com. That's a great way to get in touch with the show. If you, if you find a way... To get in contact with us. Other than that, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just give them an option to find another way to contact us? <laughs> so yeah, like shortwave radio or, you know, <laughs> smoke signals. Yeah. Oh, carry like your pigeon. Carry a bottle. Owls. I think your reaction to that made me cry. <laughs> <laughing> <laughs> so uh, all right. So that's our show. Um, Tell your friends. <laughs> yeah. Hey guys! Oh, big golf, huh? Alright. Well, see you later. Good day, sir! You're a sir, I said good day! Yeah. See ya. Hasta la vista, baby. This has been the Nothing But Real Reviews and More podcast. A special thanks to Jordan Binder. Yeah. Linger, man. Yeah, totally. Linger. Hardcore.